three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another special episode of Ag and Bros. Hey, guys. How's it going? So we have a very special guest today. Uh, this is Diana Lee, and she is an artist who lives in South Korea, um, and she has um, an Instagram, mm -hmm. Diana Lee Studio, mm -hmm. and then you guys should go and check out her website, which is dianalee.nyc. Diana, how's it going? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. <laughs> we're, um, we're we're a th we're thirteen hours ahead right now, or you're yeah, thirteen hours right now. I am. Yeah. How is the future treating you? Uh, today was today's good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know human Excellent. the human race is still yeah, alive. Yeah, yes, we're, we we exist still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we all don't have corona. Yeah. <laughs> oh, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, South Korea, we're we're getting better, so that's good yeah. news. Yeah, some light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think you guys were doing better than us in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, we we got hit earlier, so yeah, it's a good news. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, yeah, that is good. That, how how is it? Speaking of how how is it? You so, I mean, you're an artist. How is it affecting? this whole quarantine thing is it affecting the creative process in any way that do you, do you feel like you're, you're creating more because you have to be indoors or do you, how is that impacting that whole process for you? Yeah. Um, well, I guess as a joke in the artist community, I guess it's like you'll be painting before the Corona, you'll be painting at home during the Corona quarantine, you'll be painting at home. And after the quarantine, you'll be painting at home. So there's not much difference but in, in terms of um, inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is such a global phenomenon, I guess, um, that we all have sort of a shared um, shared inspiration and feelings and just catching that in the environment and transferring that to the artworks. I think it's a really common um, situation with, I, I believe with the artist community that we are all kind of trying to paint to heal and to um, have sense of unity, I guess, in our work. Yeah. So it definitely has a lot of uh, impact in, in, in my work, at least. Very cool. I, I noticed you also had some uh, Corona themed art pieces even. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if they're really intentional like that, because um, I, I know I've, since I've spoken to you, to, to you before, Diane, I know you kind of like to paint for, you know, the emotion that you're feeling at the time or, mm -hmm. you know, what your thought process is at the time. Um, did you, is that fair to say that it was just kind of off the cuff or did you have a kind of idea to paint for uh, the coronavirus specifically? Yeah, um, I think what you mean is the um, uh, distancing piece that I worked on um, pretty recently. And that came out uh, from, I guess, like when I start painting, I have a certain idea of, of where I want that direction to be. But at the end of the work, it's completely, it's quite different than what I started. And so with the distancing piece, I started, I wanted to depict 
um, how we are all quarantined and um, separated from each other. So I paint different colors representing, you know, each of us just being at home. But um, what it, and when I finished the piece, what it ended up being was actually uh, the pieces, since they were all like the brush strokes were separated from each other, that they actually um, br brought each other up. Like the distinction between them was what made the piece come together more um, as a unity. One second, let me find the piece so that I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. We were marveling also at your um, your background here. I I know that's like your 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 tome of success stories back there. Those paintings, <laughs> and it's always nice to see those. Yeah, thanks. It's over here. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah, because I was going to. This say, is the bigger piece. Uh, here. Can you see? That. Ah, oh. that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm actually. They don't touch each other, the brush strokes, mm. but the space between them is actually uh, really bringing each other up. It's so us being quarantined at home at this point, at, at this period, we're actually um, spending more time with ourselves. So we're, we know, uh, we get to learn more about ourselves and what we like. Yeah, that's what ended up in this in this piece. Yeah, and it's different than what I initially started. I initially I started like with a sort of a sadness and with a mm -hmm. um sort of a I wanted to paint the dark side of being quarantined. It's like oh, everybody's separated, nobody can be together. But then it actually accentuates each other that the work that the piece worked out well. Yeah, it looks like very positive and lively. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, it was and quite I, different. I just kind of yeah. want to comment on your style because your style of it is very. I I was, I mean, I it's a style. I, I mean, I'm impressed with any artist's really work um, through any medium, but this this in particular, it, it you it's an abstractness. So for those listening and just purely, just to kind of describe a little bit, how would you describe your art style? Yeah, it's um, abstract art. Um, first, I wanted to, I guess the only real way for me to express how I felt wasn't um, uh, painting an object because I don't, at least for me, if I painted something that is so literal, um, it, in a way, abstract art is completed by the viewer. So as a painter would uh, display something on uh, the campus or the material, but the, the way it gets completed is by the viewer and how the viewer um, sees the piece and the feeling that they get, the message that they receive completes the painting. And I really love that aspect. And when I started painting my abstract paintings, uh, I had a lot of um, comments, uh, feedback saying, they see something in the painting, like they, for example, my um, my parents, my mother would always say that she sees a person, like a lady, a family, a child, she would always see people. Well, as my father, <laughs> he would always see landscapes, 
like um, seascapes or landscapes or mountains or hill hills and it was so like in things like that my um, closest friend who it was who is a karate master he saw uh, a picture of my painting and said is that a karate person like doing a kick I'm like <laughs> what <laughs> it's very yeah it's really interesting how um different people have different interpretation of my work I'm really interested in that yeah so that, I guess that's what's my what my uh, art is about <laughs> yeah. yeah and the style is like it, it's a, it's strokes right it's it's not necessarily clear outlines like of, of objects like you're saying Exactly, yeah. I use a palette knife, which I have here, uh, rather than a brush, um, because when the uh, paint goes under, I have like, I use usually like a contrasting color paints, like white or a beige um, with a darker navy or darker purple, for example, but then they get all under the um, palette knife and whatever that gets um, uh, when when it gets on the uh, surface, mm. uh, I have very little um, control as to which color comes out and which color um, ends up showing up on the surface. And I actually like that um, aspect of losing control in a way. And mm. you guys know, like INFJ, <laughs> I'm really <laughs> into control, but I really love that. I could just, um, it's okay for me to lose the control of my painting. And um, I actually have a fashion design background and in a design, it is all about the control. Like you can control literally everything and down to like a thread and um, just being out of that industry and trying to be okay with just, um, I guess, taking on the world as it is because it's really uncontrollable what you get from the world. And I guess I'm trying to practice that through my art also. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, and just for the audience, Diana, you kind of mentioned uh, INFJ. Yes. So yeah. I guess we can fill in the audience. Um, it's kind of interesting how I stumble upon you. So I actually oh, yeah. found first through Dave superpowers. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because Dave was actually our first, uh, guest. guest that was, um, uh, via, via Skype. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw that and, interview. <laughs> oh, good. Nice. Nice. That was when we were really, uh, roughing it though. <laughs> so it sounded, but, uh, yeah. yeah. But if you guys want to check that out, that's, uh, from way back. But, um, yeah, it was funny because I found you through Dave Superpowers, and I mentioned that to you on one of your live streams. You're like, "Oh, really?" Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because you had, you were like consistently the top comment for a lot of videos. <laughs> <laughs> so you would leave on YouTube, and it was always Diana Lee. I'm like, "Who is Diana?" <laughs> so I basically was like, "What? What? What does she do?" I wonder, and I just was curious what you were, what you were about. And then I stumbled upon your Instagram and then your website. And I was like, oh, she's an artist. She's an abstract artist. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting because you don't really um, – it's, it's really cool because I don't really see that many abstract artists on, like, um, on the internet. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure you, you have um, mm -hmm. 
connection to that, of course, because that's your area. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it's really cool how you chose to do abstract art, and especially like how you promoted it. Everything it's really it's really um, interesting and unique. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my uh, comments kept going up on the top. For I think the only reason really is not what I said is because I'm like such a fan of Dave and um, Shan that I uh, when their YouTube videos pop up, I'm like one of the first people <laughs> to comment. So you comment first. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah that- how did you how did you discover uh, uh we're, we're also fans of mbti um mm-hmm. you know it, it's almost for fun at least for me yeah it's it a sort of hobbyist kind of thing where it's like oh this is very interesting to talk about um but how do you how did you discover mbti um i believe i first uh heard about mbti in college mm-hmm. um so when I lived in New Jersey most of my life, and then uh, for college, I went to New York all by myself. And it was, I was very lonely and I, I knew no one. And I actually was working half the time and um, actually I was working full time and going to school full time. I mean, who does that? Like I was crazy and I, yeah. I was so young and um, I was so confused about life and I mean, I'm kind of used to being the, you know, I guess the outcast or I guess the artsy one. So I was okay with being like, um, like people treating me kind of like different, you know, Diana does art, whatever. But um, I was trying to understand other people and why they would act that way. (laughs) Since I am from New Jersey where people are quite um, ordinary and they're hardworking and that's what they're all about. But in New York, it was just so different because um, going to fashion school and everything, everyone was so like distinct and different. And um, I was just really young, so I was confused. So I guess I got into MBTI really to understand other people and myself, really about myself. Um, yeah, but then um, just to make me even more odder, <laughs> even more odd that um, I got into MBTI and I asked people like, hey, do you guys know your um, your MBTI type? No one. No one knows their MBTI type. Like, they don't know what that is. So I'm like, oh, wow, another thing to keep to myself. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so when I discovered um, Dave and Jen on their channel, I was really into it and I really got to understand um, really about myself and returned um, understand about other people also. Yeah, that's how yeah, that's how it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's kind of a solace in knowing that you're not a freak. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's other people who think in a you know in a similar way to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly. I think that's probably a reason why a lot of um, N types, especially the intuitive types, get into NBTI. Really, just like. Why, why, why am I so strange compared to everyone else? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, as an INFJ, um, I guess typical INFJ thing is we, t- we think about like our lives as in like 
birth and death and our existence. <laughs> and, um, and I was shocked that no one thought about it that way. Like no one thinks about things like that. I'm like, why not? Like we think about this all the time. Like while you're eating lunch, we think about death. <laughs> we think about the meaning of life. <laughs> but then um, discovering MBTI, I realized like that's like a typical INFJ, um, you know, process. So yeah. Yeah, it's good to that's, feel, you know, understood in some way. That's interesting. Because yeah. like talking about life and death, that I feel like I feel like that's a very creative um it, a lot of a lot of my best thoughts have come from thinking about these things and like sort of creative things. Um you know, because you creating life and then from destruction, you know, you you can create new things. Um, so how does, how is MBTI affected your art? Did it make you, did it make you feel like, okay, I need to find a style that speaks to me or did it, was it just like, oh, I already had a style before, uh, MBTI, you know, did it impact your art in any way? Mm hmm. Um, I, uh, so so I was into fashion. I was studying fashion design. And then that's where I kind of like really studied MBTI. And then um, after I graduated, I got a really nice um, job in New York City as an uh, assistant uh, knitwear designer. And um, it was really hectic then because I didn't know anything still. And, but then I, what I knew was that this... Um, lifestyle of like business and um i guess design and the whole industry like i couldn't do it for forever and i was so confused because why like why i was so different in the field that i chose and that i worked so hard for and while i was very confused in that um head space uh, i just i just studied more about myself and how i thought like i guess um I guess, metacognition, I guess, like I was thinking about why I was thinking, like why I was thinking that way. And um, I guess MBTI, in a way, you guys uh, know, it's spelling out in words why, like the reasons that I couldn't put into words, they really organize it for you. And I really used MBTI as a tool to understand myself better. And that really um, gave me the courage to really, you know, step out of the industry and really pursue art so in a way it really helped me to be even more different than what i really already was but even though i already was different than you know people around me in the industry and wanting to um, step out and just be creative like wholeheartedly it gave me the courage because um our if I don't do this, if I don't pursue art now, then I'm going to regret it forever. <laughs> and um, uh, the thing is, no one knows. Like studying MBTI and learning about other people and observing people, I realized that no one knows what they're doing. Like even like the, my bosses' bosses and like the CEOs, they don't know. Like no one knows what they're doing. So it's okay that I don't know. Like I'm not sure if I will be okay pursuing art and you know, all that future um, things that I worry about all the time. Like it's okay to be uh, 
don't it's okay not to have everything perfect it's okay to just go with it and it's okay to be me <laughs> yeah that's so true huh that's yeah. one thing that you realize a little bit late in life it's like oh yeah. no one has this figured out at all i know yeah so fascinating just exactly. how like right when you when you put it all together okay everybody there's this there's a phrase i don't know if you've heard it it's like fake it till you make it yeah yeah and it's it's so true. It's, yeah, it's just, exactly. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. So, um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, well, I was going to ask about um, more about MBTI because is it more of a fascination for you now or is it kind of like a – like I look at it as a hobby that I used to be – very much into and it's like oh i love hearing about this and people's experiences with it and how it how it how they integrate it into their lives kind of thing um so for you is it more of like oh i, I i'm is it an obsession or fascination or uh, just like a thing casual hobby kind of thing uh like i said before yeah it, it definitely is a hobby i think but really a tool it's like like anything like scissors or glue or something like that, like paint, I use it. Like I use it like a tool to, uh, for me to help understand um, myself and of other people and really um, accepting other people as they are. Like it was really hard for me to accept um, people who, I guess, um, couldn't see the future, like, you know, the end, I am, <laughs> and I, that's in me, like, wants to foresee the future and kind of predict everything and kind of um, always thinking about that, um, my own uh, um, outcome and how that will be. But for, I couldn't understand for the longest time why, you know, some people couldn't, like, see what will happen in the near future, like, like if you, I mean, this is not no voodoo stuff, but like if you do something, you know, if you uh, do, if you made a mistake, right, per se, and then you had a certain outcome, and then you do the same exact mistake, mistake the next time, the second time around, but then the person expects a different outcome. And I couldn't understand that for my, like, for the longest time. I couldn't understand why some people do same um, behavior or same uh, input and expect a different output every time but then that's just with the way they are that that's just the way they they want to see things all the time and I kind of the I guess discomfort that I saw in that person when I when I faced that person was the same discomfort in me like how why do I want to um, the same uh, I guess mistakes that I make in my life like not being able to get out of the fashion industry because I was so afraid and of, of my fear. If I keep going at this, I'm gonna be in fear all the time. So I need to do put a different input in order for me to get out of this fear and the same loop that I'm living in at that time. So I guess in that um, uh, comparison to how I observe other people and uh, kind of processing their thought process and then um, putting that, uh, I guess, equation, I guess, same uh, measurement to uh, in my own life that really helped me. Yeah. So it had, MBTI had more positive side uh, 
in my life、uh, effect in my life than negative. I would say. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Diana, did you have like big gripes with the fashion industry, or was it just that you wanted to pursue art? Yeah.、Uh, I think I just wanted to pursue art. In reality, that's what I wanted to do ever since I was very young. But、um, the world <laughs> was telling me that art doesn't make money, <laughs> art cannot make money. So、um, I guess I accepted that、um, when I was told、uh, those things. And、um, unfortunately, that I went into fashion because that、um, at least I will. Be- Be able to get a good job, right, <laughs> at a com- good, nice company or whatever, and that's what actually happened. I actually did、um, my dream came true, and、um, even when my、uh, wildest dreams of becoming a fashion designer in New York at a really nice、uh, fashion house. When even when that came true, I realized, okay, this is not what I wanted to do. Like. For the rest、mm. of my life, yeah. So it was good. It was really good learning experience. If I didn't pursue that and like、um, uh, overcame、uh, those dreams, then I will probably have in my head, oh, maybe I wouldn't go into fashion design, <laughs> and then maybe that will work out. I would ha- always have that、um, thought in my head, probably. So do you think that that gave you more confidence to step outside once you're、oh. like, oh wow, I can achieve these things? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I actually studied in even even before、um, working in the industry as a professional. I、um, one of the one of the things that、um, gave me the biggest fear was stepping out of the outside、um, and studying abroad. Uh, in Europe, and actually, I did that. I studied in Milan for a year、um, during my graduating、uh, senior year in college, and I actually uh, uh, we asked as a fashion design uh, uh, final, we have to do like a final show、uh, at the end of the year, and、uh, I actually got like a finale. Collection, which is like the biggest whatever, and then when that actually happened, I'm like, oh wow, I got a really big confidence boost, and I felt like I could do anything. And then I applied for all these like huge companies,、uh, fashion companies, and I actually did get one. And like the the、uh, confidence level was going up, and I felt like I could do anything. And then、um, actually after. <laughs> After a month of、uh, working at the、um, at the fashion company,、uh, I realized that okay, <laughs> I'm ready for the, I'm ready for the next challenge because this is this is great and awesome and dream come true. But I feel like I can step even like farther outside my boundary, and I felt pretty confident at that. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Always wanting a big challenge. I know. <laughs> I think I'm addicted. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great, though.、Um, you always should be pushing boundaries, right? I know.、Uh, so, yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that's that's very cool, though.、Mm. Um, can you can you tell us maybe some、uh, interesting things about the fashion world? Like, I'm sure. I, I could speak for myself. I don't know anything about the fashion world, and I'm pretty sure Juan、I、doesn't、don't. know much. <laughs> I like to think I'm a fashionista. Look at me. No, oh my God! Look at your NASA T-shirt. 
<laughs> very, very on. <laughs> fashion. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. Anything about fashion industry? Mm. Any weird or unique things that maybe the common person wouldn't know? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, what about this? This is a, maybe this is a good question too. Yeah. Personality types did you see the most? Ooh. In in the in your fashion, like e even if you didn't have, I don't know. Terrence Terrence brags about this all the time. He's yeah. like, I can pretty well mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like my eye for typing is pretty <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have that uh, as well that ability I don't mm -hmm. I can't read well so but but did you see maybe a certain personality that did well in 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 the fashion industry uh, um yeah for the record I'm not really good at typing people either <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think in the fashion industry, um, it's not just, I think, one type because there, there are different departments. Like the merchandising department is very different field than um, the design department and as well as sales. So they all have to work as a team, right, as a team for the industry. But um, I, I could pretty confidently say um, in the design uh, department, there's a lot of I, like introverts. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. you would ex I would expect extroverts. Yeah, I actually kind of was thinking that too. Because it I just know. seems like a collaborative. outgoing kind of profession. Right, yeah, like a, right. I thought that would be a very interesting um, fact. Um, from my perspective, a lot of people were very introverted. So um, they tend to do better working alone in their own desk and like they drag themselves to the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Just like in yeah. science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but then in the merchandising department, they there's a lot of extroverts and a lot of um, ESs, I feel like. ESs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in sales is all about EST. EST, a lot of EST there. Yeah. Yeah, I think. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes mm -hmm. sense for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they have like the uh, ESTP, um, what is it? The stereotype of ESTP is a uh, used car salesman. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's a, right. that's a big stereotype for ESTPs. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, I guess. Diana, let's kind of shift a little bit. I wanted to um, ask you a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah. So, so you've mentioned, um, you know, your your you've you've mentioned that you grew up in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, you're currently living in South Korea. Mm -hmm. You have been all over the world. You know, Milan, in <laughs> <laughs> New York. You're you're you're, you, you're you've global, been a lot. Yeah, you're a global been a lot of person. Places. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I wanted to just find out, like. What was your upbringing like? Do you have any siblings? Like, how were your parents? What was that like? Were they artists too? Was your just 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 tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, I actually was born in South Korea, and I lived here since I mean until fourth grade. So fourth grade, we uh, my family immigrated to uh, California. And then we quickly moved to New Jersey, where we stayed for um, until when I was uh, in high school, I guess. And um, 
my parents both uh, owned a restaurant, but um, my mother was a chef. But before that, she was um, a nurse at a psychiatric hospital in, in Korea. I'm trying to like translate what that is in English. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and my dad it was a jazz pianist. So um, when they got married, they opened a restaurant where my dad would play um, on a stage. Well, it was like a jazz bar. Now that I'm thinking back, it was like a jazz club that um, people, like young hip people would come after work and have a drink. And um, it was really nice. It was a really nice environment, but not for kids. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was, uh, I guess, exposed to that, um, like, music and um, the environment where people could be um, creative because a lot of uh, bands, um, like indie bands would come to my father's restaurant to like play at the bar at the um, st on stage. And I, I always thought that was really fun and I love that um, environment. But um, when I was in um, fourth grade, we moved to America and, um, yeah, my dad still did music and my mother still um, uh, did a lot of like chef work. But uh, when I was in, and, and my, my siblings, I have uh, two older sisters and one younger sister. So there, I have four girls and I'm the third one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah <laughs> we all do music. Uh, my uh, oldest sister, she played um she majored in classical piano. My second sister, uh, second older sister, she did um, play violin and she was a graphic designer. And I played a flute for like eight years and um, I was always doing art. And my younger sister, um, she's like a music, like, I guess, genius. Like you could bring any instrument to her and she would play within like five minutes like she would be able to play something and like she was one of those people so i was always um uh like surrounded by musical people and we we it was just really natural for us to be like creative and um my father when we had the restaurant we would always decorate the stage like he was decorated himself like do all the like yeah like all the artwork himself so it was i guess i was very exposed to that creative environment from very young and then, um, yeah, like I said before, somebody, uh, I was doing a lot of artwork and then somebody saw me do, um, I, I drew like a wedding dress or something in class during middle school. And somebody said, hey, you, uh, you want to be out? So you want to be a fashion designer? And that was the first time I heard the word fashion design. And I'm like, fashion designer, that's actually a job. And, <laughs> and I looked into it and the nearest um, I guess fashion school was um, FIT Fashion Institute of Technology. So um, I applied there and that was the only college I applied to. Luckily I got in and, <laughs> and then um, I worked, uh, so I kind of afforded all my tuition and <laughs> that's why I had to work and um, do school at the same time. So it took me full eight years for me to graduate as a bachelor's degree. And then, yeah. He's got you. Really? <laughs> 10 years to graduate as a bachelor. Wow, wow. Yeah. He had yeah. to find what he wants. 
that's yeah crazy. yeah and i was then, much more wishy-washy than you though so <laughs> i had no excuse what is was, that what is that I was very wishy-washy. Oh, wishy. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have anything to do with having to work or anything. No. <laughs> yeah. Fast. Well, <laughs> I was very, very determined to like get education, even if it costs a lot of like um, just being alone I mean, by myself in New York. Yeah, a lot of work. And um, so at the end of my eight years, <laughs> uh, the last year, I... Um, my senior year, I decided to study abroad in Milan, and that was a huge, huge uh, uh, stepping stone because, and a huge decision to make. Um, I was married. I am married. <laughs> I'm still married. Good. So <laughs> I was married back in 2010. So um, uh, it was. Has I've been married for three years or four years, and then I have like. I would have to spend a year in Milan away from my husband and which I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. If, 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 if it costs, you know, that much, it's okay because I'm like so determined to like graduate and study. But it was funny because all my friends were like holding me back. It's like, are you crazy? <laughs> what are you thinking? But I'm like, hey guys, don't worry about it. Like our marriage is good. Like don't worry about us. And then, you know, they really had nothing to worry about because we're like, it was really nice. And it was even better for us to like be apart for a year because we kind of learned that how um, precious our marriage is and, you know, things like that. So anyways, uh, we, after I graduated from <clears throat> Milan and I went back to New York, my husband and I were, um, scavenging for an apartment because he like we moved out of our apartment because we you know we're living on separately so uh, we had to look for an apartment and for me I had to find a new job and then within a week I've managed to find both which was amazing and that was a, another dream come true uh, moment for me and then um, when I started working at um, the fashion uh, industry I really wanted to um, pursue art also because I felt like that like fashion industry was great. It was amazing, amazing experience in New York, just having a lot of, a lot of experience come at me at once. And it was a lot of like a growing uh, period for me and that I realized, okay, this is great, but I really have more creativity that I need to express. Like I need to express. It's not just uh a nice hobby, even though that's what it was in the beginning. Um, I really feel like I could, I needed to express more what was inside. And um, I was doing a lot of uh, exploring, like writing or, or singing and like um, drawing and painting. And um, painting was really what I got back into. So that's what it stuck. And um, a very close friend of mine that I've been close friends with uh, a friend of mine that I've been friends with for like nearly like a decade um, asked me uh, who was an interior designer asked me to paint uh, a couple of a couple of pieces to hang in his uh, interior shop walls and I did that and someone uh, a client of his came in and asked uh, uh if um, the, this artist can do a commission for his house. 
And then I was like, when when my friend came back with uh, coming back to me with that, I was like, why? <laughs> like, why would he want to commission me for um, his new house? And um, yeah, and I w- ended up doing like these huge works uh, through my friend, and that was the starting of my art career. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's an epic story there, Diana. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, a, it's a long story. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. an epic one. Yeah, it's epic. Yeah, <laughs> very, very interesting. Yeah, and it sounds, I mean, the the journey there, it, it sounds like your your dad, he was, since he was a jazz musician, did it did it kind of, was he the one that pushed y'all to, to do more creative things or was it just more like an intrinsic drive in you to just pursue these things? Hmm. I think that actually is quite true. Like one of his mottos <laughs> that he would always tell all of us is that you have, to, uh, let me translate it in English perfectly. Uh, like you have to be, you have to be crazy. Uh, you have to be crazy in something that's what he said. You have to be crazy about something. <laughs> yeah, like what he meant, I guess, is to like you have to put everything. Like you have to, um, like let all of yourself out. Like you have to be crazy about something in order for you to do anything. And you know, we'd be like five, six, and we're like, okay, dad. <laughs> but then it really stuck because, um, especially with me, because I really wanted to do a lot of creative work. Um, like um, painting and drawing um, and he knew that and um, even though he wanted all of us to pursue music because that's his uh, more of his thing but um, uh, and, it, and my older sister and my younger sister they really pursued that too but uh, for me I really went into like visual art because um, that's what really that's the tool that I could um, communicate more or communicate well so yeah, and um, you actually reminded me of your speaking of like being crazy about your passion. Yeah, you've got your your project on Instagram, the three hundred and sixty five series. Yeah. Um, so for just for the audience, if you guys want to check out Diana Lee's Instagram once again, it's just Diana Lee Studio, and um, she has a project there where she basically draws or not draws but paints something every single day. Could you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, so 365 series is basically what you said, Terrence. I draw a paint. Um, let's see, this was, sorry about the noise. So this was yesterday's painting. And um, I paint uh, a painting every single day, a painting every single day. And I started last year, um, June, 20th so um now we are at like a 300th mark <laughs> we just recently did a 300 i mean he sent me your instagram page and i was like wow these yeah. are all really good and, oh, and the fact them all I'm incredibly, yeah, I'm impressed incredibly just because you, you do these every day, right? Yeah, this is definitely a Jay thing. <laughs> yeah, I like, I'm like, holy shit, she can painting every day. <laughs> I, I, 
<laughs> it would take me at least a week if I was even at your level of like technicality of yeah. skill. We would have failed that a long time oh, ago. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm so just, I'm like, wow, these are, these are all great too. I mean, yeah. Aww, so. Thank you. But yeah, sorry for interrupting, Diana. Yeah. What, no. What, what yeah, so I wanted to communicate about time. And that's what I'm really in, focusing on right now. Um, because, I, you know, I, like I said before, I ponder about like death and life as itself and life as a whole. And um, I wanted to visualize how precious and short, really, time is by uh, visualizing 365 um, days uh, visually as a painting. So that's why I'm painting uh, almost like a, I guess, diary style, like what I'm feeling, what I'm inspired by that day. Um, so at the end of the day, I will paint and um, that will stack up to be 365 um, big piece. But then um, it's actually, you know, it was like, wow, 365 so long and like so much, but really it's really short. <laughs> and um, I just do this one, one time, one day, uh, one, one painting a day, and that just stacking up, yeah, it is like 365, just doing something every single day stacked up, you could like do a lot, you could do, you could um, paint, you could uh, create something that's bigger than you, and that's, I guess, what, what I wanted to visualize, that you should, you should, you would, cherish your life, cherish your time, and uh, to really cherish your life. Like, that's what, that's the message that I wanted to get across from this series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, also something interesting um, that I learned from your live streams, Diana, is that um, you actually paint really more than 365 because yeah. you have this giant stack. Throwaway <laughs> 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 paintings, like, man, she's... She has all these throwaway paintings, even too. Uh, yeah. Is there any way you could show us your um, your stack? I don't know how easy it would be. Yeah, it's actually right in front of me, so it's very easy. <laughs> um, yeah. There's so much. Like, oh no, this, these are the real ones. This is just a part of the stack. Yeah. That's a throwaway. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know why cool. I can't keep these, but um, yeah. It's just a, a piece, a part of, uh, because I, I don't know, I guess I'm a bit of a perfectionist that way, that I have to paint a couple before I make my mind, yeah. So do you, has this made you more, I, I imagine it's like any other skill where you just become better and better at it as you, as the more you do it. So have you noticed a difference in your in your productivity in the sense that like, because you're doing this every day, you actually can output more. Mm, that's a that? good point because um, before you, I would uh, be afraid almost of a blank page. And yeah. I guess you could call it a creative block or whatever, but um, because I wanted this to work out so much that I am actually afraid to paint and put anything on paper or on canvas. But with this practice, with this series, um, I'm able to overcome that because I have to, I've been doing this for like last 
300 days. So <laughs> I think I'm, I'm able to overcome that by now. But also um, before I'll be like, so because I'm pub um, yeah, publishing these every single day, I'm um, as an artist, it's really important what you show, but also not what you don't show. So it's, right. mm -hmm, you have to be very selective, but I can't, I overcame that also because I have to, at the end of the day, I have to show something or else the series end. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really a disciplining uh, practice for, for myself. It's really uh, for, for me to get over my, my own self. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'm able to work on other stuff while I'm working on the 365. This is not the only project that I'm working at the, at the time. Um, and like what you said, I am more productive that way because I am um, I have paint on my hands all the time. So that flow of creativity is like it hasn't ended since last year. So that's good. <laughs> um. I think that's really a good thing just to, to note real quick one. Um, I, I think it's really interesting because I've noticed that a lot of artists, they usually get stuck on the, oh, I've got to like conjure a creative thing and I'm not going to even paint or do anything until I absolutely want to do something. Yeah, I think until it comes to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a month later and you still haven't done anything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So and my... Good. Yeah, my, go ahead. my friends tell me like how do you paint every single day how do you get inspired every single day and um like at the end of the day you have like all these different textures that you produce every single day how do you do that it's like well um when you sit in front of uh your paint your materials for 10 minutes you get sick of waiting so you just paint <laughs> yeah it's just like you have to like get your butt there just sitting in front of your craft and like not waiting for inspiration but you kind of like drag the inspiration to you and you like paint until you're satisfied basically yeah but and sometimes you're not satisfied but you have to let it go like that's that's part of the practice right it's almost a beautiful analogy to that too mm -hmm. it's like in life mm -hmm. you know not everything is always going to be the perfect day Exactly. So it adds to your art there. Yeah, things mm. things aren't going to be handed to you in a way that you know you kind of have. Like you're saying, you're 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 almost conjuring up uh, the vision that you have, or just the the how would you say the inspiration to mm. create. Um, because that, that is something you know. I, I like to think I, Terrence and I are both creative people. He plays mm. music. Mm -hmm. um, I play music as well. And I used to write music. I used to draw. I, I do a lot of creative things. In some sense, physics does require a lot of creativity. Um, yeah, different way. In a different way. But that same – I have that same instinct of almost perfectionism block where you don't want to start something because <laughs> it's not going to be the best mm -hmm. that you can do. Um, and, and you doing this 365 series – is is making me think yeah you know what it's inspiring me to almost just say you know what i'm just gonna do it mm -hmm. every day mm -hmm. i'm just gonna do something every day and yeah it, it'll become better and better and better so yeah i, I tip my hat to you you know it's, no. <laughs> it's very thank cool. you so much <laughs> thank, thank you guys and um 
<clears throat> I guess, Diane, I wanted to ask you to, um, I guess, still on the, uh, the conversation of art, um, who were some, or even now, who are some of your biggest art inspirations today? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, I would say... Uh, there's a Korean artist named Lee Wuhan, and I'm very inspired by him because he's one of the first major um, minimalist artist movement uh, artists. So he, I'm very inspired by him, by his like minimal abstract art. Um, and uh, yeah, that's... Okay, so that's like the prime... The prime right, person right. that you, you go to. Now, is he uh, is he a social media artist or is he just like a really like local kind of? Yeah, like yeah. what? Give us a little bit of information about him. Um, no, he is actually one of um, I guess uh, his art pieces are uh, famous Look. for being very expensive. <laughs> and being auctioned off the most expensive pieces in um, auctions. But, uh, well, well, hopefully, I mean, I, I, I was going to go to art. The, so they have this thing in, we're, we're in Florida right now, mm -hmm. and they have this uh, art show, Art Basel, or Art Basel, yeah. I, mm -hmm. well, I guess, mm -hmm. um, in Miami. Mm -hmm. in this, it typically happens in the summer. I, have you been? I haven't been, but I've obviously heard so much about, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's an international thing, but uh, it, yeah, it's a global kind of thing. Maybe I think me and Terrence, maybe we can we can decide to go at some point. But I'm gonna yeah. go. I mean, it's I'm just, down. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll see some of his works there because he's. Yeah, I know it's a very famous uh, international show, and uh, yeah, I'd never really heard of heard of him, but that's fascinating. Lee Uhan. Check him out. Correct. Ufan, Ufan, like U F A N. Ah, the ah. Ufan. Okay. Li Ufan, yeah. Cool, cool. Oh, I didn't know there was an F sound in Korean. <laughs> no, there isn't. But um, oh. it's actually more about H in translation. But uh, that's that's what he decided to spell out his name, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Artist. Artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reinventing himself at every level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Very respect cool. it. I respect it. Um, as a bilingual person too, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's imperative. So right, yeah, um, yeah, awesome. Um, what we oh wait, hold on. I do want to ask you since you do have a, a musical background as well. Did, do do you I? Have, <laughs> I mean, your family grew up with the, like. Mm -hmm. Did you like listening to to your father's style of music, like jazz, or do you go for more contemporary? I know music? this answer. You know this answer? Because <laughs> <laughs> Diana Leash, when she does her live studios, she always has this abstract jazz in the background. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, I, I usually listen to, I could confidently say I usually listen to um, Bill Evans and the trio. I don't know if you guys know, he's a um, jazz pianist. and. Um, from from the seventies or sixties and seventies, but um, the funny thing is, um, you guys keep mentioning my father's uh, jazz uh, days. But a couple of months ago, I asked him, Dad, what who are your favorite jazz 
artists that I could start listening to that I don't know about? And then he answers me, well, I'm not really into jazz anymore. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He's a ball. Okay, that was very, like, I misread that. <laughs> He's like, that was just uh, all this time. I thought you were into jazz, but I guess you know people yeah. change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then he he named me all these like Korean old uh, pop artists. I'm like, okay, never mind. Alice's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. into pop now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Is her dad a BTS fan? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Just seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, th <laughs> I think this is a good uh, this is a good uh, stopping good. point here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you, Diane. It, this was super fun. Diana. Oh, Diana. Uh -huh. I don't yeah, mind. Yeah. No. I don't mind, guys. <laughs> Gotta get it right, Diana. No, I, I get. I, I have a boss whose name is Diane. So it, oh, okay. Yeah, so my brain is just like connecting right. dots. Shouldn't be connected. <laughs> happens all the time. That's my intuition, but. Uh, mm. You know, going but yeah, Diana, it was definitely great having you out here. Um, is there any final thoughts or anything that you wanted to shout out to the public? You know, give us your um, upcoming projects, what you have for the future, what's going on? Oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have uh, actually um, an interview coming up next week that I'm recording. So I'm really excited about that, about my artwork. And um yeah, I'm I am slowly changing my style and I know artist style like nobody nobody can tell like if there's any change but only the artists feel that but I feel like there's a huge like shift in especially with this time of like um with the coronavirus and everything and the people and the what's in the air and it's really definitely affecting me and I hope that um, people, especially the millennials and my uh, generation, I really want us to grow up as art-loving and art-seeking and creative people. And I wish that um, I could pr contribute a little bit into making that. And thank great. you guys so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah, it was yeah. great having you, Diana. Yeah. We, we, we hope you remember us little people in the future when, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you are all the way at the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um oh yeah so please folks go check out her instagram uh, yes indeed on all the socials check out her webpage mm -hmm. so um, diana lee studio on instagram it's diana lee ny dot nyc for her website mm -hmm. and then of course guys make sure to subscribe to us the eigen bros mm -hmm. um this is a little bit different than our normal content but you know we did talk about mbti i guess a little bit yeah um, but to me to me this is more about there's so many aspects you can bring into like the creative process of art and and doing what we do as well because th there's so much we have to be creative mm -hmm. in this field so i, I think creativity an, transcends all yeah fields. all fields mm -hmm. so i think it's super important to talk about um these kind of things and bring the perspective of a, of a true artist yes uh, <laughs> so thank you so much again yes thank you guys yeah. And we will see you all later. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>